Hi, this is Richard Dunham. This is Chiego Dunham. We just wanted to say a little something before our the first episode of our new season. Before we jump into our next movie, we just wanted to comment on the fact that uh, Isao Takahata, the great producer and director, one of the two founders of Studio Ghibli, passed away last Friday. And we just wanted to acknowledge that and express both our sorrow at his passing and our extreme gratitude that he was with us at all and able to share his great talent and give us so many wonderful movies, all the way from Horace in 69 all the way up to his last movie, Tale of Princess Kaguya. So mm-hmm. it's a great loss. We were lucky to have him as long as we did. He will forever be remembered in his work. And yeah, just very grateful for his existence and what he did. Okay. And with that being said, we'll jump right into the new season and the new movie. Welcome to Ghibli Minute. Ghibli Minute. I'm Richard Dunham. And I'm Chieko Dunham. Ghibli Minute is the podcast, still the podcast. Whoa. Where we talk about Studio Ghibli movies one minute at a time. Minute by minute. Or minute by minute, yeah. Some people have been known to say it that way. Today on Ghibli Minute, we are talking about Castle in the Sky, Minute One. Whoa. Wow. Starting a new movie. Yes. Minute One of Castle in the Sky starts with the blue Studio Ghibli logo. Good old Totoro. Good old right Totoro. Right there. It ends with a large flying ship coming from behind some clouds. Okay, so let's set the stage here. Mm. So we're this is a Blu-ray rip. Uh-huh. So I'm sure in the theatrical version that debuted in... 86. 1986. There probably wasn't a Totoro logo. Yeah. Since my neighbor Totoro... <laughs> comes out... <laughs> was later, after this. So yeah. Totoro probably hadn't been designed yet. Mm-hmm. So it probably started with the next card that we see, which is... Tokuma Shoten. Tokuma Shoten Sakahin, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. A production of Tokuma Shoten, 1986. Mm-hmm. So Castle in the Sky, production began June 15th, 1985. Wrapped up July 23rd, 1986. So a little over a year in production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Castle in the Sky contains 69,262 cells. Whoa. Yeah. So, And it's 124 minutes long. That works out to an average of about 9.3 cells per second. So again, I think the... Not again. I don't, I'm saying again like I've <laughs> talked about this before. But American, like Disney, their standard is just to match the standard film speed which is 24 frames per second mm-hmm. so countries with a lot of money you know like after world war ii just <laughs> the united states they this you know the high standard was 24 cells per second mm-hmm. which would i don't know how many I, I haven't done the math to say how many cells that would be for a two-hour movie but the japanese studios in the middle of the century were kind of strapped for cash so they Set it on a lower, like about an average of about eight cells per second. Mm-hmm. So this falls, you know, right in that range. Yeah. They managed to, uh, as 
again, I keep going back to Roger Ebert, but I watched his show, him and Cisco and Ebert, a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, uh, he was a big, Roger Ebert was a big proponent of anime in the 80s and 90s. So in particular, he talked about uh, his praise for Grave of the Fireflies and stuff. Oh, yeah. But he, as he put it, the Japanese cell count per second started off for budgetary reasons, but then it just became a style. It's one of the things you can recognize Japanese anime by that kind of... Anyway, so it starts with Tokum Shoten, and then it starts with a, a cold open, right? Yeah, right. Nausicaa also started with a cold open mm-hmm. with Yupa... On the horse claw. Yeah, riding through that village, subsumed by the sea of decay. Uh-huh. That cold open was about two minutes before we got credits. Mm. This one is more like almost four. four. Yeah. yeah. Four minutes. So depending on what version of the movie you see, and also depending on which audio track you select on the Blu-ray that you have, you may be hearing different things in these first few seconds. Okay. You look surprised. So I'm a surprised. the version that we are watching, mm-hmm. which is the original soundtrack, mm-hmm. a, a Japanese soundtrack, mm-hmm. this version opens with you know you see the the clouds. What, what do you see? Describe what we're seeing. See after talking with Shoten, you see these big clouds. Big clouds and and a tiny ship. Yeah. I mean, what do you hear? Bam, bam. <laughs> You all, yeah, you, I think it starts. When does it start off? You just hear like a wee wee. You hear like oh yeah the, yeah yeah the, the faint motor sound, yeah. right? Now, if you are listening to like the English track, hold on, it starts off with symphonic music. Now, if I switch to the Japanese track. Now, I'll explain this in the research that I found. If you look at the Wikipedia article for this movie, mm-hmm. so it had a couple different English versions. So the in the late 80s, I'm just I'm starting to read from the Wikipedia article, an English dubbed version produced by Magnum Videotape and Dubbing for International Japan Airlines flights oh. was made at the request of Tokama Shoten. And that was briefly screened in the States by Streamline Pictures, which is the company of headed by Carl Masick. Carl Masick was the guy responsible for putting Robotech together, like cobbling together oh. different Japanese anime TV series and repackaging it with a, like a new story, putting it mm-hmm. in a new English stuff. So anyway, that was okay, but they didn't, you know, it was only briefly screened in the U.S. for the... Let me go. Okay. And then in the... The Disney-produced English dub was recorded in 98, mm-hmm. planned for release on video in 99, but was canceled after Princess Mononoke did not fare as well in the U.S. as Japan. Ooh. So, anyway, finally released on home video in March 2010 oh. as a tribute accompanying the home video release of Ponyo. And then uh, it's got another Blu-ray release in 2012. And then recently, G-Kids has oh, released yeah. it uh October 31st of last year. So mm-hmm. there's a great, G-Kids has a great kind of complete set. Which you should, it's okay. So but I'm going to go down to differences between versions. Mm-hmm. So the, Disney's English dub of Castle in the Sky contains some changes. 
A significant amount of background chatter as well as one-liners were added. Yeah. Uh, filling in moments of silence and increasing the frenetic effect. I mean, I we talked about the silence when we went to see Nausicaa in the theater. Yeah. I really like the silence in these movies. So. I do, too. I like See, the fact that this opening, I like the opening with the almost silence and just the faint words. Yeah. Out. I watched the English dub version that we have with my current boyfriend, Logan, and uh-huh. I totally didn't notice. I mean, I noticed the absence of silence because in some scenes where it's just the character's face, uh-huh. like one of um, like the captain's sons in the background will be like, gee whiz, or like <laughs> to like fill the silence. And like, I, I was just like, he's not supposed to say that. It's, <laughs> this is different. It's wrong. So a bigger change, though, was composer Joe Hisaishi was commissioned to rework and extend what? his original 60-minute electronic slash orchestral score into a 90-minute symphonic orchestral score to make the film quote more palatable to american audiences unquote oh wow! so these alterations were approved by studio ghibli and miyazaki Mm. miyazaki himself is said to have approved of hisaishi's reworking so the 2010 dvd re-release reverts some of the changes let's see some of the added dialogue is removed, restoring silence when it is in the original Japanese version. These changes are also seen in the 2012 U.S. Blu-ray release. However, for the Japanese, Australian, and British Blu-rays, the updated score is used, and the subtitles are properly timed, literal translations from the original Japanese rather than improperly timed dub titles. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's. I just read that, and I am confused. Yeah. So I can only imagine... Our listeners being confused by my confusion. but mm. So what you're going to hear will change depending on what... What version you're What version you have, yeah. yeah. So it, what, like the, the English soundtrack on... It depends on what... When you bought the Blu-ray. It does. If you w- bought the Blu-ray and then which track, audio track on the Blu-ray you're listening to. Yeah. I had the impression that the... I guess they didn't change the... I guess there's no Japanese audio with the new orchestral score, I guess. But I'm not. Huh. I guess not. I guess not. So, so the other thing is when the Joe, so the version that we're watching, the Japanese audio, mm-hmm. when the Joe Hisaishi's signature sound comes in, it's still electronic slash orchestra. So it's yeah. still got that eight, nice 80s yeah. vibe. <laughs> That's so delicious. That's so delicious. <laughs> so, all right. So, <laughs> so we see this, we see this ship. Yeah. Uh, and then we close it and we see a close-up of it. I don't think we ever hear it referred to by name in the movie, do we? No, I don't think so. Mm, I'm thinking in maybe, but I doubt it. The tiger moth. Oh, yeah. That's not appropriate. Does it look like a tiger moth or like a turkey? Yeah. So we see the skull. Yeah. And then you've got somebody like in a crow's nest. Screams pirate. That yeah. whole, the whole front section... Mm-hmm. It seems very flimsy. It does. That was probably an addition. Because it had like such big wings, someone was like, oh, it looks like a bird, but without the head. And somebody else was like, you know, we need a good lookout spot. Once again, the colors are muted. How many figures do we see? How many figures? So we see five yeah, identically five. clothed. It's like a uniform. Pirates don't do that, right? Yeah. Usually there's like elaborately clothed captain with like this big 
coat it has like a lapels the, like yeah wide the lapels. lapels and like a yeah the lapels <laughs> and like an eye patch with like black pants and like yeah. a torn up red shirt it's very with a individual it's like yeah. nobody's telling you what to wear yeah exactly guys wear the same thing and i decided it was because it's because <laughs> whoever <laughs> kind of buys all the clothes in bulk it's, uh, it's, i decided that's why they're all wearing the same that's thing that's why yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get enough of an allowance <laughs> to buy clothes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much we want to get into the the internal politics. <laughs> and then at the end of the minute, we see, how would you describe these? Pods. Pods? There's probably a name for them. We should look them up. Yeah. And ask our guests what the, what they're called. Okay. They're little like humming, they're like mesquite. What would you call them? I don't know. I, they're like little vespas of the sky, or but they're they're very cool. They're they are super cool. They're one of the coolest things. Yeah, not as cool as Mev, but they're worthy successors to Mev. I would say. <laughs> yeah, and there's two on each one. Yeah, does each one drop off one person and then fly back? Yeah, so it's a pilot and a passenger, and they drop the passenger off and then fly back. Mm-hmm. Coming out from behind the clouds, this is a yeah, big, large ship. Large airship. All right. Okay. Some more next time on, on Ghibli, Ghibli Minute. Minute.